What's up, Spellslingers? My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm Drew Flitton. And this is Untap, Upkeep, Drink. Beer up. Welcome back to another episode of Untap, Upkeep, Drink. Today, we're talking about Secret Lair. And more than that, we're also going to be talking about Pioneer a little bit. The meta has been evolving in a way that I don't think we predicted, really. Yeah. Well, in the SCG, like, invitational with with all the Field of the Dead shit, I don't know if you watched it. It was like every deck, no matter what the color scheme was, was also playing a Field of the Dead package, and it was just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we kind of saw that with Standard. But before we get yeah. into that, let's talk about the brews here. We're going to be doing some interesting beers here. We're going to revisit the Nut Brown that we brewed for Brewers Week in October. We've had a couple months in the bottles. We're going to see how this beer has matured. That's the one that I've got. Uh, and what would we say, 5% almost uh, ahead? I would guess it's about 5.8. Ooh. And there was no way for us to measure the IBUs, but it was quite sweet. Yeah. <laughs> the last time the we tried it. Hop characteristics is like kind of a little bit of earthiness to it but it's really not existent oh that is so weird so it's way less sweet than it was but it's still super sweet but it's got almost like a not a tang it's got almost like a fungal mushroom e kind of earthy vibe to it but overall it's just malty bread some sweetness tastes like it should be thick but it feels very very thin uh that's a good ass beer, my friend. We did quite a good job. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't call it an ass beer, but it definitely has that sweetness that I don't know, it just overpowers everything else. Yeah, it is really sweet, which is why I like it, but I could see it being the people who lean away from sweet beers probably aren't going to have four or five of these. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think we did a, a hella good job on this beer. Uh, it was a good experience, and hopefully we can brew some more on the show eventually. But for me, it just tastes like malt extract like it's just way too sweet <laughs> it is very sweet all right so the one i've got here's the mother earth brew company's barrel aged four seasons so this is the spring version of the four seasons that they made in 2019 uh and this is an imperial stout brewed with tart cherries and chocolate and i do like the addition they've got here they the little blurb uh, and on the can they've got a blend of bourbon barrel aged stouts aged on tart cherries with pure liquid cacao added. Mm. So before we even get to smell or taste, I can see through my nut brown in the glass. It's pretty, uh, you know, dark brown. I can sort of see through my nut brown in the bottle. It looks kind of, you know, brownish black. I cannot see through the Imperial Stout in the glass. It is just 100% tar in color. Oh, fuck, that smells real good. Yeah. Like, it smells like an imperial stout with, like, a little bit of fruity sweetness. I'm not getting cherry specifically, but... It's mostly the chocolate. I guess it probably was around, like, 55, 60 when they started to age it. But, god damn, that's a, that's a good beer. One more little sip, and then I'll give that back to you. That, you can definitely taste the burn of the alcohol first. I get that lingering on my tongue, but I get the, like... It's like it's very dark, but it's the cherry flavor coming through, almost like a like when you have a mar- not a maraschino, but like a cherry cordial with dark chocolate or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, it reminds me of a black forest cake, which is like the oh, dark yeah. chocolate uh, and 
cherry cake. I mean, like, yeah, it's definitely even, got that like bitter cocoa vibe. Yeah, and I do un- understand like the alcohol that lingering because it does feel like after you've like sipped on a whiskey or taken a shot, yeah, you have that kind of like alcohol vapor feeling. I, I would guess the bitterness is pretty high though, just because the malts are there that are kind of the darker burnt mar- charred malts, and then you know the chocolate there. Uh, that's a special occasion beer. Obviously, oh, yeah. you're not going to be you're For not sure. going to be slamming a sixer of those. But that's a. But I would like to just buy another sixer of them. Oh yeah, just to have around. So today we are going to be doing a mini. It's going to be a little shorter than normal. We're kind of talking updates, but not really. It's more like a a Christmas beware buying guide kind of thing. Like there's a lot of stuff going on that we're excited about it's magic players it's the holidays people are buying stuff so we just kind of wanted to go over secret layer because it seems to be the big hype right now uh and we're right in the middle of it you know yeah and also with secret layer i mean i guess first and foremost uh we should explain what it is it was kind of this out of the blue product line that i mean was it's just weird to me because it it reminds me of like video games where they have like these like surprise drops for like loot or whatever it happens to be and it's just like oh by the way we have this like secret patch update and here's some cool shit for you for free for like christmas or whatever you have to buy it now yeah either it's have to buy it now or just like hey you're gonna get it anyways because you're playing the game at at this time you know and that's kind of what it feels like but it feels like it's doing that sort of loot box thing in the most annoying microtransaction-y way it's like hey there's this like very high quality item there's a very like limited amount of time you have to get it. Yeah. Therefore, spend more money than you normally would on a similar item just to make sure that you do get it now. Exactly. And and to drop it around December obviously is very heavily influenced on gifting. Uh so what secret layer is, is it's seven drops, they're calling them. There's seven products that they're releasing that are sort of a bundle of cards. Um Monday, they opened up the first quote-unquote drop, which is basically all of the seven products at once. You could order them as a bundle for a discount. But basically what we have is Bitter Blossom Dreams, which is the first drop. It's Bitter Blossom, a full art Bitter Blossom with four full art tokens that together form a panorama in their artwork. Yeah, and we should shouldn't necessarily say full art because well, it is full art. It's like the the new full art that they've been doing for like the standard premium, yeah. uh, like the game night stuff. The one where you, if you win your FNM, then you you get those cards. Yeah, and so the art like goes behind the text and stuff like that, and it looks really good. It's still like a very good art, and together they all form a panorama, which is really cool and gary was kind of like a little bit annoyed that they didn't go with like a borderless one on this one i mean if you're gonna do a panorama like make them seamless you know you have the capabilities and i think what annoys me the most about this is as you said they're calling them drops yeah and all of the gamer part of me is screaming this is a trap because they are calling them drops like to me that suggests some sort of like rng manipulation or some sort of like we're dropping this on you surprise yeah you go yeah and i do appreciate having surprises like that but something like this is so frustrating to me not because of what the product is because i think that if you're getting bitter blossom for 29.95 at this point in time or whatever it was 29.99 then that's i mean bitter blossom has been like a 40 dollar card forever yeah this is this is a good deal if you're just getting bitter blossom alone plus you're getting some dope new art full you know quote unquote full art uh 
new art for it, and then as well as the, the new art for the fairies. All of that is a good deal, but you're doing so with a product that you're calling Lair just like a month after you just put out an announcement for one of your major products of the <laughs> next year that also is called Lair. Yeah. Like, Lair yeah, it's, it's Ikoria, Lair of the Penis. But everything in design and like product design that I understand says that you don't fucking do this because yeah. it's confusing. Like you, you shouldn't make products that do this. Like this is a yeah. really horrible way to keep your design going is to have those references either to, you know, other things already developed, right? There's a reason why we didn't call it postmodern. Right. Right. And now you're calling it layer. And this is a product that is, you know, secret layer for which that's no the thing is like if if they're an inside joke in the company, that's funny for those inside people, but it's not for the customers. And secret layer is a great name for the products that we're getting. Uh, layer of behemoths, great name, but just knowing that those two things are coming out, not just in magic, but literally months apart, that's when it's, uh, yeah, it's sketchy. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's just the worst way that you could do something like that. And I'm sure that there was earlier talks about it, but unless you're just so entrenched in the magic community yeah. that somebody says the word lair and you're like, oh, I know exactly what they're talking about with this new product because they've, you know, hinted at it or whatever it is. Whereas the other someone, layer. Yeah. Where someone who is literally on a magic podcast didn't know what the fuck it was because it was so relatable to something else that they had already talked about. Yeah. That you, you already thought you knew what was going on. Yeah. Well, and another thing that's really weird about this drop is that they're, they're allowing an unlimited quantity be, to be sold, but only a limited quantity to be bought. Yeah. So you can only buy 10 copies of each of these drops. So, and they're not selling, they're not, distributing them through game stores or LTSs. So now you have this situation like where you are sitting right now. You missed that bitter blossom. So you're going to, if if you wanted that drop, you're going to have to get it on the secondary market, which is guaranteed to be- The card itself be, is already, you know, like a $40 card. Yeah, right? more expensive than and what you could yeah, have Yeah, so now before. we've got the alt art version of it in that pseudo, you know, full art. Yeah. Everywhere I've looked, it's already $4 or more. Yeah. Then in order to get the whole value of that- I also have to buy the tokens, which individually are going for like, like literally from, I saw two to 10 bucks individually. Right. And you can't just buy four of one because they're four okay. different tokens. So yeah, it's, I like that it feels special. It's kind of a special edition kind of thing, but I don't love. It's been handled poorly. Like poorly, honestly, yeah. like, I don't love that. Basically, it's making these new editions of cards. It should feel like a collector's item where it's like, okay, you know, a limited amount of people are going to get this. Well, no, people are going to buy 10 copies and sell them on the secondary market. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it should be one copy each and they should sell them to the LGS. I think the 10 copies each is so that these LGS stores can have some sort of resale value. Just fucking sell them through the LGS. Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so, Bitter Blossom was the drop that we just talked about. Twenty nine ninety nine for Bitter Blossom and four fairy tokens. The next drop is they're titling it Eldraine Wonderland. So this is five snow basics. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of each with new art and yeah. it is themed with Throne of Eldraine. Yeah. But as the title suggests, and as they are snow basics, it is kind of like a winter wonderland. The art on them is honestly like really fucking they're good. They're great art. But, but it's also twenty nine ninety nine for these five cards. Yeah. Again, this is one of those like premium collector's items that if you care about 
you're probably already going to buy them anyways. If you're like a big collector, you're going to buy them anyways. Yeah. If you're not, it's just like... It's just not worth the price. And unfortunately, the Modern Horizons basics, the snow basics, are like $3 a piece or $4 a piece. So they're less for five of them than these are. And this bundle can only be bought with one of each color. So you're getting Wooberg every time. So you either have to buy 10 of them, so you have 10 of each land, or you buy one and you have one snow basic for each color. So the next one we've got there, uh, so those, like you said, twenty nine ninety nine. And so the next one is the Restless in Peace. Uh, got a Golgari. I mean, it's basically like Dredge. It's the Dredge All-Star yeah. Maybes. Yeah. Which is, I think, really, really funny just because they have just pounded Dredge, ironically, into the dirt. Yeah. You know, and it's just... Into the grave. Yeah. They've just neutered Dredge over the past, like, year, and they've got this product that... I mean, they've probably been working on for at least that long, but the entire time that they've yeah. been working on it, it's literally just They're like my what value can we do to stop dredge. Uh, so this, the, there's three cards. There's Life from the Loam, Golgari Thug, and Bloodgast, and these also form a panorama in their art. By the way, not borderless again, but this is twenty nine ninety nine as well. Yeah, and this one, I think that people would have been so stoked because Bloodgast. It's just a good card on its own. Golgari Thug, you know, I mean, it was a staple of Dredge for, you know, a long time. I think you don't necessarily have to have it in a Dredge deck. It's still just one of the best cards in the Dredge archetype. But I don't know, the the fact that they've just been neutering it over and over and over yeah. again, it's just like, hey, $30 for, you know, the Life from Home and any two cards. And you're like, hell yeah, that's that's worth. And now it's like, uh, well, they just reprinted Life from Home in Ultimate Masters. One of the box stoppers, uh, price is going down there, and then they neuter dredge, and now the price is going down there. And so it's like buy three life from the homes now and get all of the value you'd get. Uh, the next one is probably from what I hear, you know, on Twitter and so through hyped. the internet, is probably the most popular and probably the best thing that they've done uh, as far as this product. It's called Seeing Visions, which is a play set of serum visions, not a it is a place. I was going to say it wasn't, but it totally is because it is. It is. They're all the same card, yep. but they each have different art. And they're totally they're unique. Awesome. They're so cool. I want to say they're themed on different... I mean, they're done by different artists, but they're themed on like uh, everybody's different sort of uh, techniques and styles. So there's... There's, there's one that's uh, like punk, one that is like yeah. uh, street art graffiti. Exactly. Like they've got like just cool... Like the artist... Is sick. They're all tight. And Serum Visions, uh, honestly, this is worth the, the 30 bucks, basically. Mm-hmm. Serum Visions has just been climbing and climbing. I think the last time I looked, uh, Serum Visions was like four or five bucks, something like that. And the package is useful, right? If I want to get life from the loams, uh, I mean, if I'm playing modern, I need four of them, yeah. right? I'm not going to spend $120 for yeah. four life from the loams. I can spend $30 and get a fucking rad set of serum visions, and this goes straight into my modern deck. Oh, yeah, it goes straight into the modern deck or every blue commander deck. Like, it's just also, yeah. I, it's weird how I value this one more than most of the other ones. As a commander player? Well, no, not as a commander player, just as a, as a magic player, because in. And Popper, Serum Visions was one of the cards, you know, but that's one of the reasons why it went up. It's a common that draws one and also lets you scry two. There's so many useful applications of it in basically all formats 
everyone is happy to play it. It cantrips and scries. Like, what more could you ever want for one yeah. blue mana? It's weird. It just it's kind of weird to me that I'm hating on a lot of these, but Serum Visions is like, you know, a, a common. Yeah. But, we're paying 30 bucks <laughs> for 30 for, but i i think because the package as a whole is probably the most useful thing in this set of drops just because if you're going to spend 30 dollars on something that has artwork that you want to have themed this you buy it you put it in the deck and you're playing magic right yeah, anytime somebody pulls out one of these alt arts you're gonna be oh, like oh this shit, that's so sick yeah, that's <laughs> you know like and i feel like bitter blossoms while the new alt art is sick like the original from Rebecca Gay and the new one they had for Ultimate Masters are both just better arts to me than that one is. And that's just like a, a personal like fan experience, I guess, yeah. with that. Not that it's bad art. It's just I just prefer those ones. Honestly, that's what I'm getting more from this whole series of drops more than anything is, hey, if you want some unique, newer style art, you should buy these. Oh, absolutely. I think that the art is the only selling point of yeah. all of these. Although Bitter Blossom, I think buying it as the drop you did save yeah. money like yeah from a from a physical perspective for sure and that's when we're talking about i really just wish Corey was here for it because it's all about goblins it's called explosion sounds but it's the it's got the sideways it's got like the greater than less than signs on either side <laughs> yeah. so it's like it's not explosion it's, just, it's an onomatopoeia yeah. uh this one looks see this one looks cool the artwork is very like cartoon like if you imagine it doesn't fit in normal magic art it's very cartoony very cool and i think the people who play these <laughs> big you know fireball red decks appreciate that like whimsy like ha we're goblins you know uh as far as value i think we're pretty close to breaking even i think when we add it up i don't think you're you're coming out way ahead but i yeah not the people really who are buying this are doing it specifically for the whimsy of the art yeah uh, i mean like the cards themselves are are good like you yeah. play them in you know literally one deck which is the modern red goblins <laughs> yeah but i guess we I should think... say what what the cards are there's goblin bushwhacker goblin sharpshooter goblin king goblin lackey and goblin pile driver uh but yeah literally this one is all about the i mean the the whimsy of just like hey you're a goblin player you appreciate you know the cards themselves uh, a lot of them are all kind of like i don't think necessarily fan favorites but they're like fan favorite adjacent like they didn't want to print the best ones yeah and so they got to print like the next closest thing they can second tier of yeah. all of them but uh, i honestly think that this one if you're a fan of the goblins fan of the art like the 30 bucks like you're you're yeah. totally to me wrong. this one's probably the coolest one cuz you're going to buy this one just for the looks yeah. you know what i mean just for the what the fucks in this store because that's the type of red player you are Corey, we're looking at you. Hopefully you're making a good cake right now. This next drop is probably the one that hyped this secret layer the most, I this would This one is definitely the more the most bang for your buck. Yeah. This is, it's also the most expensive one at thirty nine ninety nine. Yep. Instead of being twenty nine ninety nine, we've got forty dollars for three cards, but they're all five color commanders. Yeah. So we've got the Ur Dragon, Reaper King, and Sliver overlord fuck but i mean you look at ur dragon he was only printed in t17 commander deck yeah and a lot of people have really kind of fallen in love with that just because it's literally just like everything you love about the big dumb stompy side right of the dragons not like that just legitimate power level but just like hey i'm gonna play just ridiculous big creatures fly trample and just fuck shit up yep everything's like, a 10 10 yeah. let's go like 
I do appreciate that. And then Reaper well, King, we talked about with Michael. Yeah, Reaper King's been like twenty dollars for yeah, it's years been, now. Like I have that weird, like vibrating thing if you look at it in the short term, but realistically it's basically just been a yeah a straight line forever. And then the Overlord it's man. Fucking slivers, man. Right. So Sliver Overlord was originally printed in Scourge. And then I think it got a reprint in uh one of the I don't know if it was like a dual deck kind of thing or whatever it was. Uh but basically those two prints have been like hovering between thirty and fifty, something like that. So yep. that alone, if you just get that one card from the the three of those, you're getting your money's worth. Throw in Reaper King on top of that, you know, you're you're making bank. Throw in the Ur Dragon, which I mean it hasn't been like the most expensive card, but I think that people have really just fallen in love with five color dragons since the yeah. beginning of you know, dragons being printed in, in magic in all five colors. And I don't think that's ever gonna change, so it's just always gonna be a card that is worth something. The last one we have, talk about fucking whimsy here, is called Oh My God Kitties. No, it's OMG. That's true. Kitties. OMG Kitties. Uh, this one, it's definitely for the players out there who, I mean, first of all, they're all green and white cards. They're all like the staple cats of the, of the I guess, the, I, this is the definitely whole a game. commander. Yeah, it's a commander well. product. Uh, oh, yeah, there's five actual cards and then two tokens. I think. And then two kitty tokens. Yeah, we've got Arabo, Roar of the World, Leonin War Leader, Miri Weatherlight Duelist, Quasali Slingers, uh, Regal Caracal, and then obviously the two cat tokens. Uh, but they're <laughs> the art is just ridiculous. It's just it's cute. So tiny like, yeah, kitties. it's like what is that? Chibi, I think it is. Like anime style where they just have like big heads and yeah yeah and but it, they're interposed into the actual artwork yeah. that they had before so it's not like brand new art it's, it's like yeah, they've been replaced yeah it's, which is kind of cool yeah it's like they took the the background from the old art and then threw yeah. in this like cartoony cat it is cool and I do appreciate like I mean it's kind of like the the Japanese planeswalkers yeah from War of the Spark where mm-hmm. it, that's what it really reminds me of just because it is just like so. So not magic, while at the same time being 100% entirely magic. This is just for your personality. This is just because you want these unique cards. But I think at the same time, it does benefit those types of players. Because really, those are the types of players who spend money on whimsical thing. And, you know, the whimsical side of magic anyway. Yeah. Um, overall, what's your impression of the secret layer? Other than the fact that you were confused by the name. <laughs> I think that the product itself is fine. But how they went about doing it, promoting it, announcing it, pisses me right the fuck off. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I hate more in any sort of, like, market like this, whether it's digital games, real games, card games, whatever it is, where you have such a ridiculously limited window to buy something or limited product availability. Yeah. Right? And we talked about it on the episode where we talked about Commander Anthologies, right? This feels very similar to that more so than any other product that we've talked about because it's so limited and it is intentionally limited this time yeah even though they do have all of the other things in the past you know 10 years of magic where they have these sort of limited products that has gone poorly like you look at mythic edition you look at uh anthologies you look at the uh from the vault series stuff like anytime there was limited product availability people just were fucking mad because A lot of them just aren't announced well. They're not released well. They're not like every, there's just like a stack of problems that keeps coming up and it's repeated over and over and over again. I think that's probably enough about Secret Layer. I, I am excited about what's released. I think there are some cool cards. 
the way they've done it has been a bummer. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Well, let's, let's go back to these beers real quick before we talk about some bands and shit that's going on in pioneer pioneer, some changes already, man. Yeah. It's, it's shaping up to be quite a format. It's, it's certainly going to be interesting. So the first one we have here is the homebrew that we had, the Northern Brewing Company's nut brown ale. It's still very, I mean, without sounding stupid, it's nutty. You know what I mean? It's very earthy, uh, I always say mushroom-like quality, but it's it doesn't taste like mushrooms. You know what I mean? It's just that very earthy. Out of a yeah. beer. But uh, the first time we tried it, I got a whole lot of rye. Like, I got very, like, bread, flour kind of tastes. And this time around, I'm not getting that at all. It's just malt and earthy, kind of nutty tones. Yeah, I think no hops. Cracked into it two weeks after <laughs> bottling. <laughs> the literally, literally, was the, ready. Yeah, literally the first day that we're allowed to do so. It still had kind of a the yeasty quality to it. Yeah. And that's definitely just gone, gone. Which, I mean, I kind of appreciate as far as a brewing standpoint, but I liked the way that it tasted Yeah, <laughs> uh, two weeks out. it was. I think it was even sweeter, even though this beer is already hella sweet. Yeah, I think it, it's sweeter now, but it could just be like a perspective thing. Maybe, yeah. Talk about a beer that should be sweet, but is not as sweet as I thought it would be. I mean, I think it's it's still plenty sweet. Your beer, it's it's Mother Earth Brewing? Yeah, Mother Earth Bruco. So this is the Imperial Stout brewed with tart cherries and chocolate. Uh, just the smell is enough to entice you. Yeah, I mean, the more I drink it, the more of that Imperial Stout flavor that comes through. Like initially, yeah. you really did have that, you know, like stout to chocolate to cherry, like wave. And now it's all kind of like blended together on my palate. And I could see that, yeah. It's really good this is one of those beers that like you really do want to just like sip and enjoy over a long period of time like you want your 16 ounces or whatever it is to go as far as it possibly can the qualities texture wise are very thick very like i mean i think on the can they said this is viscous yeah Yeah. and the the description i don't know if it's on the can or just on their website but yeah like that is such a good descriptor and it's not one that i think i want in most of my beers no it doesn't feel like a you know a chocolate shake or anything like that but it definitely feels substantial you're not just drinking you know a watered down version of some you know utah beer obviously beer of the show but we only had yeah. two uh the least important but the most important for the people who need to hear it uh we've got a couple more bannings that we would like to talk about real quick for the end of this episode um first of all i'd like to celebrate with everyone, because Oko's finally fucking gone in standard. Yeah, we talked about I don't about even this. play standard. It. We knew it was coming. But just hearing Oko so many times in a day can just wear <laughs> on your psyche. I'm glad he's gone, and I didn't even have to play with or against him. Like, that's how bad it was. Release. I don't think I even saw him at the pre-release. Oh, really? Oh, no. that's all I had. Um, but Pioneer also received some bands. The first one I want to talk about is Field of the Dead, which is banned in standard and Pioneer now. Um, I think it's one that we probably should have saw coming, and for some yeah. reason we just... This card, I think what people undervalued with Field of the Dead is that one copy of Field of the Dead, every time you play a land... Oh, it's f- massive. When you finally get up to seven lands, you're like, oh, okay, I get a zombie. Well, Big okay. deal. What is the worst thing to do in Magic late game? Draw land, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Now, every land that you draw it's is a basically a zombie that you play that's virtually uninteractable... 
yeah. for your opponent. The only thing I think that people undervalued with it is that now you have to skew your mana base in order to make this work, which the decks that are taking advantage of that don't give a fuck because they're, you know, the Sultai, maybe Asper, Abazan kind of things. They're mostly Sultai mid-range decks yeah, that well, want a lot of lands and they don't care where they come from. They're cool with them all being different names. You and- say that it's Sultai, but... It's not just Sultai. All of the decks that I see are so varied, except for one thing, green. They That's have true. Green. Yeah. But like we're talking about, Sultai, Gruul was using it for a little while. Uh, there was the four-color Kethis deck. Like, yeah. There was so many different decks. The five-color Golos deck. Like There was so many ridiculous amount of decks that had access to this card. That's true. It and, was it was worth playing in almost anything that was going to yeah, go along, basically. We're talking about four-color decks wanting to play a land that produces colorless colorless yeah like that's ridiculous but uh like i was saying when you look at it as just one card by itself i think a lot of people undervalued it when it came out but what you see is people pulling out one two three copies of field of the dead and then circuitous routing to create eight zombies a turn or you know four zombies a turn and all of a sudden you have such a massive board advantage just for playing fucking lands that like you said it circumvents control like there's just so many ways that it it makes it uninteractable like you just can't deal with it yeah which i think is why it got banned not because it was good we like good magic cards but because it just became so impossibly good and uninteractable that like you said it was in every deck that could play it so the first one to go, Field of the Dead. Holy shit. This isn't something that I never thought I would see again for like a long, long time. But green is the most powerful color in a format. You oh, look at yeah. Pioneer, you look at the top like 10 decks. And probably six or seven of them are playing green. At least, like, yeah. It's insane, the power level of green right now. Because mono green's good, Simic's good. Gruul's been good. Golgari's good. Golgari's real good. Uh, Sultai obviously is hella good. Yeah, but Abzan might be. Abzan still. Abzan is still fine. Yeah, like it's not like you know it actually took a hit. But with that, we see that a lot of the bannings at the early stages of <laughs> Pioneer have been green cards. They're trying or to tame it. That, yeah. yeah, that have this kind of a uh, necessary reliance on green. No, like, they're the cards that, that make you feel like you have to put green in. Right, because of the value that these cards are creating just by having the color green in your deck. Yeah, and if we're talking about value, we've got Once Upon a Time, which is one of the cards from when we're talking about Eldraine that I was just kind of like, man, this card is fucking good. I think when people saw it, they were like, that's too much. (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah, it's like, because it was similar to another card that was already playable. And then it was like, kind of better and worse all at the same time. And then you actually see what you're able to, to do with it. You know, it's like two mana, pick the top four cards. Of the top four cards of your library, pick the best one and put it in your hand. Five. It's five? Five. Jesus. I think the cards. old one was four. And that, that's what I'm thinking of. But like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, hey, your deck already runs creatures. It already wants to, you know, have this sort of acceleration. Let's give you a two mana draw spell. Like, blue wants a two mana draw spell in like standard environments sometimes. So bad. And now we're just letting you say, hey, scry five. Pick the best one, draw that one. The last card we're going to talk about on the band scooter. (laughs) We got Smuggler's Copter. This card was so close to making the cut on my mono red deck in Pioneer. Like, I literally thought about it. it, I was like, 
I mean, it's a two drop and you have to crew it, but, but it's <laughs> fucking draws really you a card. And I think, so, so Smuggler's Copter, I think, was probably the first card that was banned in the Kaladesh Ether Revolt block when it was popped out, just because it was like, holy shit, this card has so much value written all over it that it's, it's just good. insane. Like, it, this is one of the cards that I was debating in the, the Emery artifact deck that I yeah. talked about, just because... It is just, it has that potential just to start coming out of the gate. And it just gives you so much card advantage that you just throw away cards you don't care about, cards that maybe you can get back. Like yep. the fact that we have jumpstart cards, right? Like people are already playing the jumpstart cards. And it was part of what made that is a Phoenix deck, you know, good in its standard time. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know. There's just so much ridiculous value, honestly, that Looter Scooter can get you that I think it's one that we should have expected. And I don't know why a lot of people just weren't talking about it. I think that it's just one of those that. Maybe it's because it was banned almost immediately in the standard environment that it was in. That people were just like people didn't see its impact. We just forgot before. about it. Yeah, you know, it's just like it just wasn't the, the card that was up front and central. But since the mono black aggro deck kind of took the the forefront, it's just one of the the cards that seeing it now, it's like oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, whether it be the mono black aggro deck, which was surprisingly fast and could really have that punch. Or just the mono red deck, which we're you know we've already been talking about. Yeah. I think that any deck that wants to have that aggro strategy, because the crew cost is so low and the value on it's so high, the yeah. the Boros aggro mono red mono black. As long as you're turning dude sideways and that's your plan, like it doesn't matter what the I guess the extra cost is on that to also just loot for free. So I think Pioneer shaping up. I'm <laughs> I honestly hope that. Uh, MF Vegas has a Pioneer event because I'm totally I'm it, totally going. It definitely will. There's no way they you think don't. so. Oh man, I'm stoked for Vegas next year. I think I've convinced at least two of our playgroup to commit to going next year. So we're probably gonna be there as a team, as a UUD team. Get t-shirts, <laughs> hand out some fucking hats. Yeah. Uh, I want to play some Pioneer, bro. That's what I'm excited about. But I think that takes care of it for now. We covered the bans. They're probably going to ban some more cards here in the next few weeks, although they've had at least one, if not two weeks, where they had no bans. So yeah, we know we that had, that's also a possibility. Let's just say the average banning is about one per week. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they're important. I, I think if they're doing it smart, too. They waited a few weeks to see like what needed to be banned. Because it'd be easy to just say, Oko, we just banned it in standard. Let's ban it here. But maybe they didn't see as much Oko as they thought they would. Yeah. Well, I think more than that, just I, like... You see more I think fucking of, three mana Teferi than you do Oko. Yeah, I still don't think three mana Teferi is even... Like, I think that you just have, like, some nightmare flashbacks on that one. Well, maybe. I mean, that's possible. But, but like, I mean, I've seen it at the SCG tour. They were taking it down with Esper Control yeah. as well. You know what I mean? I just have seen it more than Oko. So, like, maybe Oko's not as important to this format as we thought it would be. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Obviously, we haven't said it in the past couple episodes, but don't drink and drive. Don't drink underage. It's just not cool. It's not safe. And Especially we don't want to... Winter re- here. Yeah, winter makes it even worse. We don't want to be responsible for that shit. If you're not quite of age, just imagine you're drinking along with us till you're 21. Yeah. We'll, we'll tell you what the flavors are. You yeah. know what they're, what they're like. It's fantastic. Also, if you are of age, let us know what your favorite beers are. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, we would really love you guys to subscribe and like on the YouTube channel. We're trying to get that up a little bit more so it that we turns can start out YouTube doing is video. Like really hard to... Yeah, YouTube's hard to monetize, <laughs> which is weird. Uh, there are whisperings of a Patreon 
in the works. It's not quite out yet, but we would love to get feedback. If you guys have certain rewards you'd be looking at, we are absolutely all ears. So hit us up. We're at UUD Podcast or Untap Upkeep Drink. Yeah, and with that as well, uh, we have tried to figure out the the Discord channel for us. Yeah. Uh, if that's something you're interested in, let us know as well. Because if there is a platform to communicate on that works for everybody, just to get not just us involved with what you guys are doing, but also just you guys talking to each other, uh, that's something that we definitely are willing to, to host and make sure that we've got a, a nice place for everybody just to just a community hub yeah. yeah but thank you guys for listening in and as we like to say on this podcast have fun but not too much <laughs>